Hello everyone and welcome to What Gets You Cooking, the podcast giving you a new way to look at food, cook it and share it. This is Virginie, your host, and every Thursday I'm publishing a new episode, a solo cast or interviewing a food expert to share our experiences and tips to simplify your cooking. Hello everyone, today I'm going to interview Kelly E. Powers, a dietitian and the creator of 52 Weeks, a complete meal prepping guide taking you through the seasons. She's going to share with us her perspective on food and how to reclaim our power around food. Thank you so much for being with us today, Kelly. Oh yeah, thank you for having me. So would you like to tell us how you got started or interested in food and cooking? Um, absolutely. So I actually was on on track to to become a nurse. And so I had completed a lot of my core science co classes and courses and whatnot in college. And I actually had not taken a lot of creative or arts and humanities courses. Um, so I decided to study abroad. And I did that in Florence in Italy. Um, and when I was there, I actually had the opportunity to travel quite a bit and I saw how a lot of other cultures and countries view food and how their relationship with food was quite different than one that I had developed or experienced growing up in America. Um, and so I realized I wanted to switch courses or track and focus more on preventative health um, through, through food and nutrition. So that's really kind of where my path with with food and cooking really really started oh that's a that's a really interesting um twist you turn there and yes of course yeah. i'm gonna say going to italy how could you not <laughs> I, know. i know i know it's i've been brought back there quite a few times and it it always comes back to food and, and italian food culture really so yeah so do you uh want to tell us a bit more about what um how you got you know started with the 52 weeks yeah absolutely so again i would <laughs> be pulled back to italy um i had been working as a dietitian in san francisco for a few years and i was kind of ready for a change i had worked in a private practice and it focused a lot on meal plan development um weight management medical nutrition therapy after that i worked at an eating disorder clinic and it was a residential level of care and we also had partial hospitalization as well. Um, and then I was working with a small team to develop and build a nutrition tech company that essentially provided nutrition education for, for users and whatnot. Um, and long story short, I was kind of needing a break from, from eating disorders. It's just quite heavy work and the startup didn't launch and I was ready for a change. Um, so I decided to go to graduate school and I did that in Rome. Um, so I was there for about 15 months and through my coursework, I decided to go ahead and develop this program. It was really a blend or it is a blend of a lot of the work I've done as a dietitian and in the past. Um, and just one night, I was actually flying to, to Paris the next morning and I had made a meal and it was pretty late and essentially it took maybe about 15 minutes or so but after i had it i was really kind of thinking in bed um 
how quick it could have been had I prepared a few things ahead of time. And at that moment, everything just really clicked for me. And I realized my comfort level in the kitchen was something I was so passionate about and that I wanted to share with people to help help them really pull away from the diet culture that is so predominant in America and allow myself to kind of be a vessel or a, a platform to share this this alternative relationship with food, um, one that was less restrictive and more around pleasure. Um, so I realized I wanted to also do it in a, in a sustainable manner because I had obviously lived in the States my entire life and kind of experienced that nine to five way of living and how busy it is and how busy your life is. Um, so I wanted to build something that was very sustainable for people. And so I did that, that coupled with the idea of having things prepared ahead of time to throw together a very simple but delicious meal um, was kind of how 52 Weeks was born. And so it does focus on batch cooking, but it has a lot of last minute things that are pulled together to keep things very fresh, to add, add variety and flavor. Um, and so really my, my ultimate goal with it is to, to help people or to help users improve their relationship with food. And so I think it was just a culmination of so many projects that I had been been working on. And then that last piece was that, that Italian food culture and that relationship with food that you also find in Paris and so many other, in France and, and so many other places. But that's really kind of how, how it came to life. Well, that's, uh, that's really interesting. I do, uh, I, I hear a lot of people who always, you know, have ideas, but never when they have the time to get cooking or they just, you know, um, are a little bit overwhelmed on a daily basis to, uh, mm -hmm. to put that dinner on the table. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just such a form of self-care that I think if it can become routine and become habit, then it become, can become so much easier. And if you have a lot of support around it and feel encouraged and capable, then, then it does allow you to make those changes. Yes, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think everyone can do it and it can be very simple. Absolutely. What do you, um, what do you feel that um, the, the clients you work with are their favorite tip that you would share with us today? Um, I think it would be around, I mean, I'm a big advocate too for, for breakfast. And I think it's something that my, my market often does skip or kind of push the push the wayside. And so I would say for everyone <laughs> listening, mm -hmm. um, it is very ideal to have to consume breakfast, ideally within an hour of waking. And so a way to do that and what I really push with the program is a lot of grab and go items. And so things that are prepared ahead of time, the users batch cook with 52 weeks on Sunday and Wednesday. And so doing or having a lot of those I, those breakfast items be literally just grab and go they're in a jar or whatever it may be and they can take and have on the on transit or at the office when they get there instead of just relying solely on coffee and a pastry or something that they grab from a quarter cafe and then not having anything until noon or, or one o'clock or whatnot it just impacts how and what really why and when you eat throughout the remainder of the day and so that is one thing that I do really try to help people shift pretty much initially when when they start with the program or working with me oh that's a yeah that's a great idea I think it's um it happens a lot when people you know go away from home very often and they start their studies and they start just be skipping breakfast because of um you know not working up on time or just being in a rush to get out of the door 
Yeah, yeah, it's often related to time. And um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great uh, way to make it work. Uh, do you have a, a favorite, maybe not brand, but, you know, kind of uh, item that, uh, that you like? Is it, you know, more fruit, more cereal based or a combination of those? Um, I think it depends on the season. So like fruit, mm -hmm. I, the one thing I love about it is, is it's, you know, it is so seasonal and it changes right now. I've been doing a lot of things with like persimmons and whatnot, but in the winter, I'm definitely gonna gravitate towards berries and, and things. Um, but I will, it also too, in regards to, to warmth or a warm hot meal versus like a smoothie in the summer, I do rely on smoothies quite a bit. Um, those aren't as convenient for grab and go. It's just prepping them and then throwing everything in the blender and then you're able to take it with you um but also being in San Francisco it is cold quite often um so I do prefer like right now I've been having a lot of oatmeals or even like a hot um couscous bowl or just any grain really mm -hmm. um and adding yogurt for protein extra protein and nut butters and things like that and the thing I love about bowls is they're so versatile and it's really just a foundation to allow you to add anything to it being that being maybe spices cinnamon nutmeg whatever really and the thing that i love is just what inspires me a lot in the kitchen is being so playful and going to the market um or getting my farm box or whatever it may be um and just kind of seeing what what's in season and what comes and it really forces you to have more variety that way um which from a nutritional standpoint is great but also from a pleasure standpoint I think is so important too yeah absolutely I was um I was just going to ask you what gets you cooking where, where you get your inspiration and it seems yeah. like yeah it uh, definitely comes from the season so are you going to a farmer's market or Yeah, I have a great market by me um, on Sundays. And then I do also use a great um, delivery service for a farm box. It's called Imperfect Foods. Um, and they are pretty nationwide at this point, I believe. But the thing that's great about them is they actually source a lot of foods that are deemed um, ugly or not. They don't meet standards for traditional grocery stores. And so they would essentially be waste. And so they do deliver them at a lower cost. And it it prevents food waste um, or decreases it a bit. And so it's nice because they're also seasonal as well. And I mean, I am very fortunate being in California. I have access to a lot of fruits and vegetables year round. Um, so I would say those two things. And then also just cooking with other people and kind of learning through them about their culture and their food experience and different spices. When I was in, in Rome, I met a Syrian woman and a Lebanese woman and I was my my palate was open to so many new flavors and spices that I had never even experienced or heard of. And I've brought in that home with me now and into my kitchen. So it's so fun to just to just play around with them. So I think it's a lot through what's in season, but also through cooking and sharing food and experiencing food and sharing meals with other people. Yeah, that was exactly was uh, where I was going to go next is, you know, about all the sharing of the food, because yeah. it is, you know, one thing that every one of us has in common is that we need to eat every day. So yeah. what we do with it and how much pleasure and intention we put into it mm -hmm. uh, can go a long way into our, you know, just like regular balance for both our body and our mind. Mm -hmm. um, so do you share your food every day or do you, um, you know, share it with your family maybe or with friends regularly? 
Yeah, I mean, as much as I can, I will. I actually just wrote friends to see if they wanted to have dinner together, come over and cook and have have a meal and some wine on Thursday in a couple days. Um, but I do try to do that as often as I can. I do live alone. Um, and so I am eating a lot of meals alone as well. Um, but I do also work out of a co-working space and I have a friend who often comes with me. And so sometimes I'll just write her and ask her if she wants me to bring her lunch and things like that, just because I think it is, it is such a beautiful thing to share a meal and you can learn so much about somebody in that experience. Um, and I think food really is a platform for love and it's a way that you can share that with yourself and also other people. So as much as I can, I do, but I definitely will say like my breakfast is, I'm solo, my lunch oftentimes as well and dinner depending upon my schedule in the week or if I have something to attend or whatnot. But I would say a majority of my meals are, are had alone, but then I think that's why my, my emphasis or my the importance of enjoying it so much is it, it is so important to me because I need that variety I need that flavor I need that love to give to myself because it's sometimes not so fun having a meal alone and I can see and understand why people gravitate away from it um, yeah that's one of the questions that I see pop up very often too it's um kind of either about inspiration and meal planning sort of things or what do you do when you're alone Like, how do you get the motivation to cook alone? What, you know, what do you want? How yeah, much effort do you want hard. to put into it just for yourself? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it is, it is very important. Uh, it especially is. Especially in is. this season, I feel self-care self is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, it can be, and it's my life. And I will honestly say that at times I experience that as well. And so I'll try to keep things really as simple as possible. I'm not deboning a duck on a Tuesday. That's never going to happen. I'm not also making a 40 to 50 minute recipe. And I think a lot of that plays into 52 weeks as well, because if you do batch cook or meal prep, then you can still assemble meals Monday through Friday when you are pressed for time in less than 10 minutes. And they're all whole food based. They're seasonal. There's variety. There's a lot of flavor. And it's still something that you've made for yourself. So there's a sense of accomplishment and connection to it. Um, and so I think that helps a lot when cooking for, and eating for one, um, but also to putting some music on and pouring yourself a glass of wine at night or making a cup of tea. And even too, a lot of times I will FaceTime because I didn't grow up in the city I live in um I'll FaceTime with with family with friends that have moved away and whatnot and, and share a meal that way um so it's a little less alone and lonely um but still I think I think cooking helps as well because you're so much more connected with the food than if you order out or if you're sitting in front of a tv and you picked up delivery on the way you're likely going to be less aware of of your patterns and habits and of how you're eating. And so I think connecting with the meal and even just with yourself um, and holding that space and giving yourself that time is a way to kind of, to practice, to practice that. And it, it is a practice, right? Like it's going to be easier some days than others. Um, but I do think cooking helps. Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, totally agree with that. And um, even, you know, I would say for, People who have family like myself and uh, with the kids and everyone around, I still, you know, eat most of my um, my breakfast or my lunches alone mm -hmm. because um, that's that's just my rhythm. And so it is yeah. interesting that uh, that you mentioned uh, that a lot of people 
you know, needs kind of some um, some help in envisioning it, I want to say. Yeah. Just, you know, setting up an, a little ambiance just for yourself or, mm-hmm. yes, having having an e-lunch with someone is um, is something that I do quite often um, as well. It's, uh, it's really, it's really interesting because um, you can, you can share so much, even not, not being, you know, with in, in person with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. And it breaks up the mundane of kind of always having every single meal alone, you know. Exactly. And it doesn't put any pressure on you uh, to share your food. Yeah, exactly. Or to feel like you have to make an elaborate meal, you know, I think it's the simplicity of things. I mean, if you just get nice ingredients, like very simple quality ingredients, then you can make a very, very, very beautiful dish or a beautiful meal in a few minutes by just chopping or cutting some things up, adding a nice olive oil to it. Like it, it really can be very simple. And I think there's such a disconnect around that um, that that needs to to be broken a little bit and it happens with practice and with time and it's just finding that comfort level um, to where things become more in rhythm and in sync and it's just second nature yeah but um, talking about that I'm uh, I'm curious do you feel like you have an idea of how long it takes uh, people who work with you to get into uh, those habits do you have any yeah, idea? Yeah, um, I would say probably about a month or so, but it also depends on how many meals they're cooking at home versus having out and also um, what their schedule is like and how hectic or their stress level. Yeah. And so it really depends kind of on a, a starting point or a stage of change, essentially, initially, you know, and so... I think for some people are going to pick it up easier than others mm-hmm. um, and some are going to be be more ready at the at the starting point or at the beginning to where they're they're hitting the ground running and they're going to keep going and just building traction and yes having setbacks of course we're all human yeah um, versus somebody who might not be as ready and so there's kind of a resistance and so you start you hit a setback and then that kind of morally set you back to where it does take a little bit longer to kind of hit the ground running or to to move forward with things all right well that was really interesting so for all of you who want to get in touch with kelly where should they go so my website is kellyepowers.com and i'm also on instagram at kelly.powers and that would probably be the easiest way to find me one of the two. My email is kelly at kellyepowers.com. All right. I'll put all the links in the show notes on the website. And awesome. Thank you. I'll let you go for today. Thank you so much for this um, nice chat today. Yeah, it was lovely. Thank you. I'm always so happy to connect with people and talk about food. Yes, <laughs> me too. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Thank you everyone for listening to our weekly episode of What Gets You Cooking. If you liked it, review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. That's the best way to support it. Thank you again and see you next week. Okay guys, actually next week being Christmas and then New Year's, I won't publish a new episode in the next couple of weeks. But I wanted to wish you very happy holidays and I'll see you next year.